So did you hear Mufasa or did you hear Darth Vader? What do you, what do you hear? It's like, <laughs> Simba, you have forgotten me. That's what I keep thinking. It's like, man, Muf- Mufasa's here. It's awesome. All right, so I'm Charlie, if you're new, uh, lead pastor here. Man, really glad that you are worshiping with us today. And we are starting a new series on Abraham. And what we're going to be looking at over the next five weeks is this this, this incredible journey of faith that, um, that, that, that he goes on. And basically, he just kind of he steps out. We're going to look at this initial call here in just a second. And just this incredible amount of faith that, that he demonstrates. And sometimes we look at these stories in the Bible and we think, man, I could, I could never really step out there and take these kind of faith risks like these people in the Bible do. But honestly, life is just, a, just I think, a, a, a long series of faith risks. If if you think about it, and it was, maybe we should just maybe we should just 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 define this word real quick. I mean, sometimes we just use these words, these Bible words like faith, and and we don't really know what they mean. And rather than giving you a textbook definition, let's just kind of we'll just talk about it this way. When we talk about faith, it's like we're, I'm I'm just talking about like a like a passionate trust that that um, if if I do this, something good will happen, right? It, it's it's just I, I trust in something. It's it. It's more than belief. Sometimes we, we talk about belief, like I, like I just need to think things. But it really is, like I trust. I, so when we say I have faith in God, it's like I trust that, that, that I know who God is and that if I follow him, good things will happen, you know. So faith really has this idea of trust, right? And we, and we do this a lot, right? We have, we have, we have these things where like, uh, you have this, this moment of faith. And everybody has experienced it. Maybe, you know, there's a few of us here that are too young. We haven't quite done it yet. Where you look around and you think, you know, I'm ready to be an adult now. I, I, I can be an adult. I can make my own decisions. I can take care of myself. And I'm going to walk out here and I'm just going to do it. And, 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 and you have this, maybe irrational, depending on who you are, belief that somehow that I can... I, I can now take care of myself. I remember thinking that. I, I remember thinking uh, when my parents dropped me off at college. I was like, man, I'm ready. I, I was ready. I was born ready, really. I've been ready for years. I could totally take care of myself. And then they drove off in the van? I'm like, what do I, what do, I do now? And I remember just having this real sense of just like, like I'm... Like, if I, if, what happens if I don't get up? What if I don't go to class? What, who's going to tell me what? I mean, and I remember just kind of having this moment of panic. And um, then and there's this great moment of faith that, we, that many of us have taken. And I remember my fiancé um, telling the, the pastor that was going to marry us that she was really nervous. He's like, why are you nervous? And then she said, I'm about to commit to do something forever that I've never done one day in my life. Well, now I'm nervous! <laughs> I thought I was okay, and then you said that, and now I'm scared, right? And, and you know, and it's kind of, it's a, it's a big thing. It's like, I'm, I'm going to commit the rest of my life to this person, that if I love them, they're going to love me back, and that we can get along, and it's going to be okay, and it's a, it's a huge faith step. And then after some time, you know, we decided, you know, we're, we're totally ready to take on the responsibility of another human. Right, just like I've been babysitting kids my whole life. I know how to hold a baby. I know how to feed them. I know I can do all this stuff. I know, and we're ready. I mean, we were 25 years old and just could not have been more mature and more ready, right? And um, I remember we, we, we were at the hospital and it was some complications. So we had to stay there for a while. And 
after a few days, we're able to come home, and I'm carrying Maylee in one of those, like, car seat things that kind of, you know, you, you pop it in, you pull it out, and now you can kind of... And I remember walking into the door and just thinking, well, now what do I do? Do, do, I, do, I, do, I, do I set this down? Do I have to keep holding this? If I, if I set it down, do I have to, to get her out? And so I, so I set it down, and then, and, then I, and then I picked her up, and now I'm holding her, and we got a picture here of this epic moment. And, and it's not that I don't know how to hold a baby. Like I said, I've just, I've just gotten, gotten her out, and I'm like, do, do I hold her? Do, 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 do you hold her? Do I, do I put her back? Do we put her in the bed? And so there's lots of wisdom and, and knowledge coming on here. I mean, we've got a lot of, we really know in this, this guy, what is, I mean, and, and, and we, you, we thought we were ready. We had this faith, this trust that we, we could now, do this, and then there was just this kind of moment of moment of panic, right? And life is like that. Life has all of these risks. We've assumed that some of them are normal. It's normal to be independent from your parents. It's normal to to get married. It's normal to have kids. But it, it's it's scary. It's 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 risky. But we take all of these risks. We take all of these again steps of faith. These kind of passionate beliefs and trust that something better is on the other side. We, we do this because we, we believe. We believe that that's where, that's where life is. And now here, you want to be talking, looking at the life of Abraham, who, who takes a, I mean, by comparison, a much crazier step of faith in his relationship with God. And here's the thing that I'm thinking, and, and, the, and the thing that I want you to have in your head as we're kind of walking through this over the next few weeks if there's a gap, there's a gap between where your life is and, w- and what it could be. Right now, I think there are a lot of us that are settling for what we've just kind of deemed ordinary, regular life. And what God is offering each and every one of us is something extraordinary. And the gap between your ordinary and God's ex- extraordinary, it's a, f- it's a faith gap. I want to stay here comfortable, and, and, and maybe God can kind of tweak what I'm doing, okay, but I certainly don't believe that there's an extraordinary life out there for me somewhere. But the reality of it is, is this thing that we've called extraordinary is in fact an ordinary life that God wants to give us. That God has something incredible for us, and the gap between us and that is faith. And so we're going to look at kind of this thing that Abraham does and kind of launches him on his faith journey. And then over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of look at, essentially, that as with almost every story we've looked at in the Scriptures, and we've looked at a lot of different Old Testament, some New Testament characters, man, nobody's faith journey is a straight line. But it begins for him here in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Little context for this. Um, Genesis 1 through 11, a lot of people kind of refer to it's kind of like the intro to the Bible, maybe like the prologue or something. It starts with the creation story and Adam and Eve, and then the fall where you know, Adam and Eve eat the apple and sin comes into the world. And then you move from that to Cain and Abel, and one, one brother kills another brother. And move from that to the story of Noah, which you may be familiar with, where God floods the earth in judgment, kind of essentially starts over. Got a lot of genealogies there, and then you get in Genesis 11, which is a story we looked at recently, if you've been around for a while. 
the Tower of Babel, where God had pretty much declared to everyone, hey, I want you to, to fill the whole earth and subdue it. I want you to spread out all over the earth, and I want you to fill it. And basically, the principle that we looked at there was that what God wanted to do was for there to be rich diversity all over the world. He wanted this rich diversity all over the world, but he wanted it to happen voluntarily. You go and spread out and live everywhere, and then there's going to be this rich diversity of people. But they wouldn't do it. They all clustered together. And God said, if you're not going to do it voluntarily, I'm going to do it to you. And so he, in that moment, confuses their language and spreads them out all over the world. And so now here we move to Genesis chapter 12, and we are seeing now what God's strategy now is going to be. God has all of these people, they're spread out everywhere, and so we've got all these different nations, all these different kinds of tribes of people. How is God going to unify them? How is God going to reach them? How is He going to stay connected with them and draw them to Himself? And so we see that all throughout the Old Testament. This is kind of God's story, God's story of kind of, taking lost, broken, sinful people like us and bringing us to Him. We see it through the Old Testament. It starts here with Abraham. It goes through the life of Jesus and the church. and So we'll see that. It kind of begins. This, story, this part of the story, the big picture Bible story, starts here. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So we got this story where Abram is 75 years old, which is, I mean, which is on up there for this kind of huge life transition. And he comes to him and says, basically what I want you to do is I want, you to, I want you to leave everyone and everything that you know. I want you to pack it all up, and I want you to move to this, to this other place. You know, and, and in, the, in that time, you know, typically you got all these possessions and livestock and things, and you kind of move from place to place. But we're not talking about moving within a couple of miles of kind of this area in which they kind of rotate. We're talking about moving to this place where he had never been. He did not know. He didn't know anything about this place. And God says, I want you to leave everything that you know, and I want you to go to this place where you don't know anyone, know anything, or know anything about what the land is like. I mean, if right now I were to say, hey, you should totally go, and I mentioned some country. And he's like, well, I don't know a whole lot about it. Doop, 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 doop. Oh, this is what it's like. This is what I need to pack. This is what I need to know. This is what the people are like. This is what the weather is like. There's nothing of that. It was just God said go. And then, it's, then, and then the crazy thing is that he goes. Now, most of us, probably all of us, if we think about it, probably know somebody who, who is a missionary, right? And if you ever sat down with one of these people who's a missionary, they, they usually say something along the lines of, you know, uh, I was praying, and God told me that I needed to go to China. God told me I needed to go to India. God told me I needed to go to Kenya, all right? And, and you hear that enough times, these missionaries and these stories, and it starts to sound kind of normal. It, I know you probably, a lot of us probably still think it's kind of weird, right? But at least it, it, it happens. It's common. 
where you feel like God is telling somebody to go somewhere else to do something really cool. Right? It's happened a lot. And probably, again, most, if not all of us, know at least one person who has done that. But can you imagine being the first person to do that? You're the very first person ever who's like, man, God told me that, that I should, we had to pack up and we got to go, go over here. Where? Oh, he said he would show us. What does that mean? I don't know. Are we going to do it? I guess. Hey, Dad. Mom. Guess what? Hey, brother. Hey, guess what? What? God told me, and we're packing up and we're leaving. Where? I don't know. Why? I'm not sure. It just sounds weird. This is not something that God had been doing. This was the very first time. And we, have, we don't really have, I wish like we had a, like a, extended version, right, like with deleted scenes. And, 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 and we could kind of hear a little bit more kind of what the deliberation was like. Was this a conversation? What was it about Abram that made him say, yes, I'll do this? But this was a huge act of faith. And it was an act of faith because God told him to do it. And he did it. And he did it in part because he believed that what God said. He's like, hey, you, you do this. And I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. And everybody on the earth, every nation on the entire earth is going to be blessed through you if you will do this. And I'm telling you, that, that it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that, that he would step out and do it. And I'm telling you, there's something in us that is going to keep us in this moment and over the next few weeks. There's some things in us that are keeping us from being able to look at this story and say, I'm going to make this my story. I'm going to connect with Abram and his story and what he does because I think that's what God is wanting to do in my life. I'm sitting here minding my own business and what I think God has for me is he's got an incredible faith journey for me. He's got this incredible thing that he's wanting to do in my life. He's, he's wanting to do this really cool thing, right? I believe that and, and I'm going to see it and I'm going to take this big step of faith. There's something that's going to keep us or that's going to be pulling us and trying us to make this just some Bible story and maybe some Bible story that has some application for some of these people, but not for me. And so what we do is we're kind of launching this series and launching this sermon. We're just going to look at a few of these things. A few of these things that we're going to need to trust and believe if we are going to be the kind of people that are living extraordinary lives, lives of faith where God is going to do something incredible. And the first thing is this. This is the first thing that we need to believe and understand is that God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. This is what he says to Abraham. He's like, I'm going to bless you. And the people that love you, they're going to be blessed. And the people that curse you, they're going to be cursed. I'm going to do this incredible thing in your life. I'm going to make you great. And all these great things happen. And my blessing is going to be on you. Do you believe that that's what God wants for your life? Now, here's the question that you should be asking. Or you want to ask, maybe you're afraid to ask, right? Bro, what does that, what what that even mean? Right? We use this word bless, and we just kind of throw it around in all sorts of weird Christian contexts, and then we just all kind of assume we know what it means, and we're not even really sure. Like, so you sneeze. Bless you, right? Okay. I don't know what that means, but bless you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry you sneezed, right? Um, then he's like, oh, we're going we're gonna to have the, we're going we're gonna to pray before the meal. 
was saying the blessing. So blessing, blessing, means, blessing means prayer. So we use it in all these contexts. I say, God wants to bless you. It's like, well, I don't know what that means, but I guess it's good. So this, again, well, kind of like what we do with faith. Faith just kind of being this, this passionate trust in something or someone that I, I can't be certain of, right? Well, let's, let's say that blessing is, is God's goodness and favor. So if I say I want God's blessing in my life, is that I want God to look favorably upon my life, and I want Him to make it good. I want Him to make it better. I want God's favor to be on something. Like, I want God to be on my team. So a lot of things people say, like, God, bless, bless my finances. What you mean is I kind of want God's touch, his, his goodness, His favor to be on my finances. So, so like... This is kind of one of the things in the in the in the, the order of service for a wedding, the fa- fancy ones that have fancy orders of service. I can do a fancy wedding if you need me to do a fancy wedding, but mostly I don't do fancy. But like blessing, like the blessing of the couple. What does that mean? Well, it's a part. Of, it's a part in which the pastor or a friend or a parent or someone comes and says, "God, we want your favor on this." We want you to not only say that it's okay, and we don't mean blessing is like thumbs up, good luck, but blessing like my, my favor and goodness is going to be with us. I want to prosper this marriage. And, and the baby dedications that we do here, is kind of, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's like, God, we want your goodness and your favor. We want you to prosper this kid and this family. Do you believe that God wants to prosper you? Do you believe that God wants his goodness and his favor to be on different parts of your life and in your life generally? Do you believe that? Because he does. Now here's the question again now that some of you are asking. Which really has to do with, well, I'm going to need you to kind of set some terms here. Right? Because my guess is at some point along the way, you're going to probably somewhere in the next few weeks, you're going to be asking us to do something big. Like you're going to be talking about that God wants to do something big, and then I'm going to have to step out and do something I don't want to do. Probably, you've already said finances once, probably it's going to get around to tithing at some point. And I'm, I mean, you're going to tell me to do something, right? And if I'm going to do something, I need to know the terms. If I do X, God will do Y. I need to know what the blessing looks like. If I'm going to do something, um, I need to know exactly what you're going to do. And I just want to assure you right here on the front end that God doesn't ever work like that. There's no, there's no terms. There's, no, there's, no, there's just blessing. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. My favor will be with you. There is no promise of a perfect life, and we'll see that over the next few weeks. No promise of no obstacles. No promise of no challenges. Just that the favor and prospering of God would be on the life. And, I, and we've got to get over this part of us that feels like that we need to negotiate terms or understand specifics because as vague as it may be, we need to all be in unified agreement that the favor of God on your life is better than the not the favor of God in your life. And this is what God is wanting to do. He is wanting to bless you. So God wants to bless you, but here's the thing that you will also have to understand. But you will have to go. You're going to have to go. Now, it may not be literally like what Abram did. It may not be you're going to have to physically leave this place and go to some other place that you don't know about. 
but something in your life is going to have to change. There was an order to this for Abram. The order was pretty clear. Go to this place, I'll tell you, and I will bless you. We typically try to turn that around in moments of desperate prayer. I'm not going to do a show of hands here, but can we just all agree that we've all prayed the desperate prayer before? God, if you will just make this one thing work out, I swear I'll become a missionary and I'll give money and I'll serve the poor and I'll help the homeless. But God, you've got to fix this problem that I created myself by my own stupidity. But if you'll do that, if you'll fix the stupidity of my own life, God, I swear I'll do whatever. Again, set in terms, right? There's an order to it. I take the act of faith that, that God has called me to and God brings the blessing. And, the, and, the, and again, in a room this diverse, there's, there's a whole wide spectrum. But for some of us, it's the first step of faith that we need to take. And what happens is, is that we're in a life where we're, just, we're, 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 just, we're, we're, we're spiritually dead on the inside. And it, and it looks a, a couple of different ways. For some of us, it can look like we just may be making terrible decision after terrible decision, and, and we're just destroying our lives, and, and we need God's blessing, but you can't keep doing what you're doing. And that step of faith for you is to say, God, I'm ruining my own life, and I need your forgiveness. And it's a moment of humble repentance, and then God comes and gives you life. But you have to come to him. And for some of us, maybe we've kind of taken that too far, and what we've done is, is we think that if I'm, I'm just going to earn my way out of God. If I'm going to earn God's favor. I've done all these bad things, but if I do all these good things, and all, then if I, if I work real hard, and I do all these things, and I do all the things I'm supposed to do, and then, and then, and then God's going, then things will be right. And the reality of it is nothing of that is really dealing with, with the cold deadness that I feel inside. But we think that if we keep doing more of it, then it's going to get better. And the reality of it is we have to surrender and say, there's nothing I can do, God. I can't earn this blessing. And in the same way the person who has this huge amount of sin needs to stop doing what they're doing, the person who somehow thinks that they're going to work their way there, they've got to stop doing what they're doing. They've got to go. You've got to switch from one thing to the other. You've got to switch and say, I'm going to come, and I'm not going to keep living the life that I was living. And I'm going to surrender my life fully to you. And by grace, by his free gift, he responds to the act of faith and gives life through his son Jesus. Now, Some of us need to do that. Some of us, that, that is the step of faith between where we are and the life that we could have. But some of us have taken that step, but we still find ourselves in some kind of struggle. And here's the thing, again, we'll just keep coming back to it. Where um, it's kind of, because I think it's one of the number one things that we actually pray for God's blessing for, which is our finances. So we come to God, right, and it's the end of the month, and you've, you're looking and you've got $800 worth of bills and $300 worth of checking account. And so you're sitting there, it's like, God, I need, you to, I need you to bless this, I need you to bless it, I need you to bless it, I need you to bless it. And then somehow, maybe you make it work or whatever, you just put some more on the credit card and 
you keep doing the same thing that you did. Next month is the same as, as last month. And you keep spending more than you bring in and, you, and, and, and you, you're, you're careless with your finances. Next thing you know, it's the end of the month again and you've got $1,000 worth of bill and $200 worth of checking. God, please, please bless me, please bless me. I need your blessing, I need your blessing, right? And, and we're doing all this. But, but really, what God, is, what, what God is saying is, stop spending so much money. Cut your credit cards. Right? But you keep doing what you're doing. And he's also saying something. Hey, I also told you a while back that the first 10% of everything that you have belongs to me. I'm, I'm going I'm to need that. And, and then I can bless. Because most of us, especially when it comes to finances, but it's not just finances, I'm using this example. Most of us are asking God to bless disobedience. I'm being disobedient with my finances. I'm not giving to you what I should be. I'm not being generous with my finances and loving and serving others the way that I'm supposed to. I'm spending more than I'm making. I'm not saving the way that God says that I should. I'm disobeying God with all my finances, but please bless me. And some of us are living lives that way. Some of us are living our marriage that way. We just can't understand why God's not blessing my family more when in reality is you need to stop doing what you're doing and start doing something different. And you're going to have to take a step of faith to say, I need to stop, I need to go, I need to make a change. And if I will do this, if I will step out in faith and believe God, then the blessing will come. And some of you are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Make sure I understand what you just said. Did you just say that I've got more bills than I have money, and, and the solution to that is to give God some of the money? That doesn't make any sense. But that's why we need to bring both of these words together. The blessing comes through faith. I have to trust that what God will do, that his hand and his favor, if I do this risk, if I take this step, that God's blessing will, be, will, will do better than what I think that I've been doing. And in whatever area it is of our life, it's our career, it's our family, it's our finances, it's, our, it's, it's this, this sin problem that we have, it's this works, I've got to earn God's favor thing that we've got. We think that if we just keep doing this one thing, Eventually it'll work out. But God is calling you to go. To change. To do something different. To trust that His plan is better than your plan. And that if I put my faith and my trust in that, then His favor and His prosperity and His blessing will be on my life. But it's going to require a risk on my part on the front end to say or do or be someone different than to this point that I've been. And, and that's the challenge for you. And so some of us just don't believe. We just don't believe that God wants to bless us. Some of us are too stuck in thinking that we've got all this figured out. To, to take the risk that God is calling us to take. But some of us, we struggle because we don't understand this, is that you are only a funnel for God's blessing. We struggle because we're taking this whole thing and we're approaching it way too selfishly. We think that what God wants to do, or this is what we want, we come to God thinking, hey, I need you to do this awesome thing for me. I'm great, you know I'm great, and I need this, and I want this, and I need you to do this for me. 
And there's never a moment when God blesses people with that kind of selfish attitude. And the reality of it is, every blessing that God has put in your life or will put in your life was meant to be a funnel where you take what God has given to you and you pour it out to others. God is not going to bless a cup. He's not going to bless a glass with a bottom. He blesses the funnel who is going to take what he has given you and then you will give it away. For about the first 20 or so minutes of this, you thought maybe this was some sort of get your best life now prosperity sermon. Where the idea of this was if you do the right things, God's going to make your life awesome. And we're going to discover over the next few weeks that that's not what this is. And we need to make sure that we're clear on it now. What he told Abram was, I'm going to bless you so that everybody else in this world can be blessed. And that's the reason for the blessing. So if we come to God with this attitude that says, I want my life to be awesome, God's not looking to make anybody's life awesome. God is looking for incredible opportunities to bless the world, and he's looking for people like you who are willing to take what God gives you and bless the world with it. I mean... Again, I'm just kind of just keep using the same illustration. There's all these verses that talk about how God blesses generous people. You bless your fine. God will bless your finances if you're generous. And then we like we like the first half of some of these verses, but then we don't read the second half. Sometimes we do that. We like to read half of verses, right? He says, "I'll bless you as as generous as you are. God will bless you." So if, you, if you're a little bit generous, He'll bless you a little bit. If you're a lot generous, He'll bless you. A lot. And he says, "Why? So that in every opportunity." you can continue to be generous. He's going to bless your generosity so you can keep being generous. And that's the way the blessing of God works. It was never meant for any of it to be kept. So whether he's prospering your finances, he is prospering your personal life, he is prospering your family, he's prospering your career, your influence, whatever it is, that, that prosper, that blessing, that fortune, that goodness is always meant to be passed on. And the, this is who Abraham was. And this is who God is calling us to be. To be men and women who trust and believe that the favor of God was meant for me. But it is going to require throughout my entire life specific acts and steps of faith. And then when I do that and the blessing comes, I pass it on. This is who God wants us to be. So as we start this off now, we kind of spend the next few weeks together, I just encourage you to right now begin with saying, God, what, what, what of those objections, what are those truths, what are the things that are really holding me back? Maybe I just don't even believe it at all. Maybe I've, I've, I've gotten so far and so down in where I am that I no longer believe in a God that wants to prosper me, that really wants to bless me. Let's pray for each other for that. Maybe too many of us are stuck and we're just convinced that if we, I just keep doing it my way just a little bit longer, it's going to work this time. Let's pray for each other for that. Or maybe we're still just too self-absorbed to recognize the real and fuller reason and meaning behind the blessing that God puts in our life. So let's pray for each other. Pray, pray that God would do a work in our own hearts. As always, there's lots of ways to respond in the back. We'll be worshiping here for a few minutes. Prayer team would love to pray with you if you need some prayer. Communion is available. It's, you don't have to be a member here, just a follower of Jesus Christ. 
um, this candles, this cross. We have an opportunity to give lots of ways to respond. But let's just take a moment and ask God to make us real people of faith who really trust that God wants to bless us. That we will be bold enough to take the steps of faith that he's called us to. And that God, we would be people who are always passing on God's blessing to the world. Let's pray. God, I thank you for everyone here. And God, I know just, as always, there's just a, a, a great diversity of people. There are people here who are completely lost in their sins and feel hopeless. And God, they need to put their faith and their trust in you through your son, Jesus Christ. And believe that his death pays the penalty for all the guilt and shame that I feel. God, there are people here who have convinced themselves that that's no longer true of them, that they're good enough and they're working hard enough to be okay. And God, I pray for them that then in the same way they would be humble and take a step of faith and realize it's not about how good I can be. It's about me putting my whole trust in you. And God, there are so many of us In so many different areas of our life, from our family to our finances to our job to ministry to every aspect of our life. We're missing out on the blessing that you have. So God, I just pray that we would believe, that we would be bold, and we would not be selfish. And that we would be the people who are receiving and giving your blessing each and every day. And again, we thank you for your son who makes all this possible. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.